0: Welcome to the Propel Podcast, inspiration and training to grow your church. I'm your host, Larry Witzel. Seventh day Adventist churches grow differently, and our goal with this podcast is to offer practical training for effective evangelism in the Adventist ministry context. This episode features the second breakout session in the church revitalization track with a presentation by Dr. Roscoe Shields, Jr. Dr. Shields is the senior pastor at the Sharon Adventist Church in Portland, Oregon, and serves as regional ministries director for the Oregon Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. With a passion for teaching and a heart for ministry, he has spent years inspiring and motivating believers through his writing, his speaking, and his social media presence. As a respected theologian and scholar, Dr. Shields holds multiple advanced degrees in ministry and business, and has authored several books and articles on Christian living and spirituality. He's also the founder of a thriving online community where Christians can come together to share their faith and support one another in their spiritual journeys. In this presentation, Dr. Shields talks about his journey of revitalizing the Sharon Church. This presentation was given less than two years after he arrived as senior pastor, and in his first 18 months there, he baptized over 60 people. Several participants at the Propel Conference mentioned this presentation as a highlight of their experience. Uh, You may have noticed that this episode is a little longer than other breakout sessions, and that's because the participants just kept asking questions and just stayed engaged throughout the session, and they didn't want it to end. So we've included the entire breakout session uh, in this episode of the podcast. His ministry is showing fruit, and people wanted to learn from that. Uh, And I think you'll be able to take away some specific tactics for outreach from his presentation. Before we get to that, though, I'd like to mention our sponsor for this episode, Evangelied. How do you reach your community with relevant methods in the 21st century? Evangelied is a ministry designed to support the local church in doing their evangelistic outreach. The goal is to put more people in the kingdom. It's about learning, growing, and fine-tuning our presentation of the gospel in a way that is culturally relevant while remaining doctrinally pure. Evangelide provides coaching, training, resources, and even additional funding support for the local church. And they've coached uh, conferences, pastors, lay people, evangelism teams, and church boards who want to do something significant to reach their community with the gospel as Seventh-day Adventists understand it. You can learn more about Evangelide on their website, Evangelide.org. That's evangelied.org. With that, let's get into the heart of this episode. Here's the presentation from the 2023 Propel Conference by Dr. Roscoe Shields Jr. on Revitalizing the Sharon Church.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Let's have a word of prayer, then we'll get started. Father, I'm asking that your spirit would lead and guide us as we seek your face and your will for your churches. Thank you, Lord, for these willing vessels that are here, uh, that are just simply trying to make a difference, oh Lord, in their community. I'm asking, Lord, that you would give us ideas, give us the wherewithal, give us the strength, the courage to just move forward in your name. We do pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for coming, and uh, my name is Roscoe Shields, and I am from Mississippi. Hence my little southern twang here. So, and I, when I get excited, I speak fast. So, if I start talking quickly, just simply say 33. And for all the young folk in the house that don't understand what 33 is, back in my day, exactly, we had these things called records. Before, <laughs> and you had a 45, you had a 33. So, at 78, okay. 33, that lets me know I need to just slow it down, slow it down. So today I'm going to share with you my journey um, from Mississippi to Portland during COVID to a brand new area, to a church, a historical church that's been there for years that had zero activity and how the Lord helped revitalize that church or vitalize the church. And so today we're going to talk to you, as you see here, bring back, bringing your church. And I take the word back out because we're just bringing our churches to life. Now, the thing about me is um, I am just crazy enough to believe that my God is bigger than any problem that I might have. Amen. So a little bit about me to sh- tell you how I got here. Um, I've I, um, been in ministry for, oh, man, almost 30 years now. Uh, I know I look young, uh, <laughs> but um Along with that, I've been in paid ministry, full-time ministry rather, for about 15 years now. And in ministry, sometime in life you have to make a decision about lifestyle. And I had a certain lifestyle that I, that I like to live. And I appreciated the fact how the Lord had used me with my uh, business background. And so a few years ago, right before COVID hit, my wife and I, uh, we, we discussed some things. We decided to move some stuff around. And I said to her, I said, well, what I want to do there's this guy here that's building all of these funnels and doing all this stuff with, um, with, with uh, social media and, and all these things. And so what I want to do is go into his world. And he opened up at that moment what he called uh, an inner circle. And it was about $2,500 a month to go into that inner circle. So my wife and I, we sacrificed. And I was, I was able to be part of that inner circle for about uh, a little bit, over, uh, little bit over a year. And so learned some incredible things, did not know I was learning it from ministry. I was uh, helping people build their businesses on, on social media, build their businesses, build their agencies, things of that nature there, so I could earn extra income. Now, uh, here comes COVID, shuts the church down. Now, I don't know about you, but my church prior to COVID... Back in Mississippi, they, we didn't like technology. I put it on us. I love technology, but uh, the church did not want to go online. It was like, uh, you know. But when COVID hit, we had to figure out a way to at least keep the members engaged, right? So that's what we did. We learned how to do that. And I started noticing that the year that I spent with this gentleman about um, developing agencies and doing uh, marketing, digital marketing strategies, I began to see how I could use that, not just to keep my members engaged, but actually to grow my church through, uh, during that time of shutdown. Now, this is why I say that I'm crazy enough to believe that God is bigger than any problem. If you guys are Bible scholars, I'm pretty sure you are, because you're here. Think about it like this. When Paul, Silas, or Barnabas, or whoever, they went to a, uh, when they would go to a new area, they didn't go door to door, right? Where, where would they go? They would go to the marketplace. Why would they go to the marketplace? Because that's where everybody was. They say there's only a a handful of us, but I know a bunch of you are going to come here to the marketplace, and this is where we'll start to spread the gospel. Guess what? Where our marketplace is today, where's everybody? Online. Everybody's online. You can take it with you wherever you go. And so what I love about this concept is I was able to take that amount of, uh, of information that I was trying to use for something else, just to add extra income to my family, to use that to now grow the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you right now, it's such an amazing journey. Um, man, about, I've been doing this about seven years now, but really just about two years now with um, uh, with the church and here in Portland I've only been here for almost two years so we pre- we perfect, I don't want to say we perfected it, but we have a system that works. So what I want to share with you today, number one I understand that documentation beats conversation. I can sit up here and tell you that it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? And you'd have to believe me because you just have to take my word for it. But documentation beats conversation. What do I mean by that? What would your church look like if you had 93 new Bible studies that nobody had to go out and knock on the door, and you got 93 Bible studies in nine months, what would your church look like? Yeah. No Bible workers, No begging brothers, sisters, so-and-so to go out and bring their family, bring their members, or to bring their friends, even their enemies. But this is what we were able to do in nine months. You see at the bottom here it says as of September 2022. This is when we launched this program at our church. Look at this one. What would your church look like if you had 88 brand new visitors coming through your door? Do you know... That all of our members, you guys may know this already, right? Because there are a lot of people who still say they're riding out this COVID thing all the way. And so they're saying, well, you know, I just feel, I feel better worshiping at home. At one point, we actually still now have more visitors at our church than we have members in our pews. Wow. It is so amazing that the energy that it's bringing, that the visitors are starting to bring visitors. Right. It is an amazing thing. So I want you to imagine what your church would look like with these numbers.
0: We've got another church in our area. Simple
1: our And I'm telling you, if you are a pastor or a church leader, this is a one-man job. One. Because I had to start everything from scratch, I had to build a system, and I couldn't tell anybody about it because I really didn't understand it. But as I was building it, now I'm able to understand it and to give you guys information about it. So it's going to cost you less money, it's going to cost you less time. It also is going to be way more effective than the things we used, we used to do. So, now that we have the documentation out of the way, to let you know, and now that you guys can really see what this can do for your church and what your church will look like, I want to change a little something here. I know we're supposed to be talking about church revitalization, but I want to talk about church vitalization. A guy by the name of C.D. Brooks, great evangelist, I got this from him. He said, it is easier to give birth than to raise the dead. So my simple process is this, planting a church inside the church. I took the small group that I had, you know, every church has its few faithful, mm-hmm. people who are willing. So I just took the small group that I had and started to plant a church inside of a church. And right, you know, it's funny, I'm tell you, I love telling stories too. So I, I won, um, we, we were baptizing people like left and right, And one of my members said, well, uh, well, pastor, you know, don't you think it will be good if we had um, a a fellowship time, you know, after we did the baptism, probably after church and where we can meet the people? I said, you know, that is a very good idea. How about how about this for an idea, though? How about you bring somebody that you already know to church? And it just baffled him. Like, I got to bring somebody I know. (laughs) Like, wow. Yes, that's the gospel. That's what we're supposed to do. So. And I don't want to call the church dead because the church is a living organism. But I will say that sometimes we become comfortable. We get comfortable to the point where complacency starts to set in. Okay. If you ever want to see your church re-energized, if you want to see your church have a brand new energy, start having new visitors walk through your door that nobody knows. Nobody knows. And It is such an amazing journey. Such an amazing feeling. As a matter of fact, we just had a, a baptism um, this past Sabbath. As a matter of fact, and and it was uh, it, it, this journey was amazing because this lady came into our church on fire, and she started leading out without even being a member, and she began to learn. We began to nurture. We'll talk about that process a little bit later on about how you nurture. But I believe. Not in revitalization so much, but vitalizing the church. Vitalizing, giving us the tools that we need to grow beyond where we are. So here's, here's a um, couple of definitions I want to leave with you today. Church, re- revitaliz- church revitalization is the process of renewing and reviving the life of a declining church. I would add to that a plateauing church because a lot of our churches, although they're not declining, they are plateauing. They're plateauing. And that means that they've stopped growing. Um, they, they haven't had any new growth. It involves a set of deliberate actions amid at bringing back vitality to the church, increasing attendance, and enhancing the spiritual growth of the members. There has to be a spiritual component to it. We cannot afford to just build a church where we just have a collection of people. There has to be some spiritual growth there. And it, it's just so amazing when the Holy Spirit begins to work Look at this. One way to achieve this is through the system that I'm going to show you. And it's going to be lead generation on social media. But wait a minute, Pastor. I have no idea how to use social media. I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to break it down for you so it'll be so simple that if I can do it, you can do it. I want you to use all those months and all those dollars that I spent with that guy inside of his inner circle. I want to give it to you for free today. Is that okay? Yes. alright, now you can pay me back if you want to the next one is uh, visitor engagement and nurturing system this, is, this right here is an amazing journey, I gotta, I gotta spend some time with that on, uh, with you guys, and also changing the culture of your church if you're trying to change the culture of your church from the inside out, that's like man, a really really, really tough situation the best way to change your culture is to bring in new people, bring in new blood bringing new blood. And I promise you, when the new people come in, they're excited. They're going to be look, looking at the other people like, oh, why are you just, you've had all this all this time and you do, you, you're not doing anything with it? And there, I, remember, I remember a person came to our church uh, through this system and they saw their neighbor sitting in church.
0: <laughs>
1: their neighbor, yeah. And I was like, you know, we spent time talking to people and, uh, and like, yeah, I saw my neighbor over there and they were like, the neighbor never shared with them anything about the church. Mm. Nothing. We had to go to the marketplace. And unfortunately, that does happen a lot. <clears throat> In this framework, we will outline an easy-to-use, step-by-step process. I'm gonna give you an easy-to-use, step-by-step process. Then, as, as any good salesman, you guys hear the commercials, they say, but wait, there's more, right? Also, I'm gonna show you how to implement those steps. So not only am I gonna give you the steps, I'm gonna show you how to implement those steps. We're gonna keep it simple today. So here's a step-by-step, uh, what we call a growth funnel, how to implement and how to implement every step. So when I give you a step, I'm gonna show you how to implement that step. Is that okay? All right, so step one, we talked about lead generation. If you, also one other thing too, guys, I want you to know, this is very user friendly. So if I'm using a word that you don't know or a concept that you need me to kinda break down a little bit more, please let me know. Don't allow me to talk over your head, okay? Because once again, I can start using some jargon that you may or may not be familiar with. So just kind of raise your hand and, and let me know what the concept that you need broken down. Then we'll get into it. Say, for instance, like lead generation. Everybody understand what I mean by lead generation? No. Okay, great. All right. Lead generation is simply how you attract people to you. Put it put it like this. Is it for me? I found that it's easier for me to give someone a Bible study that actually wants the Bible study as opposed to me trying to convince people that they need a Bible study. Uh So lead generation is simply finding out that this person wants the Bible study and I say, okay, I have a Bible study. It's them letting me know that this is what they want and I'm able to give it to them. So lead generation is great because what we're doing is now we're beginning to develop our list. All those names, well, that, was that number that you saw, I couldn't show you names because of privacy reasons. But the numbers represent names. And those people came through the top end of our funnel. And I'll break that down for you, too, through what's called lead generation. We went to the marketplace and we went to where they were. We knew what they wanted and we gave it to them. And here they came. That's lead generation. That's what that is. All right. So generate quality leads versus quantity. There are some people out here that will tell you that you need to just get as many people on your list as possible. That's, that, for me, I found that that was not beneficial because, once again, if you're getting people that don't want to talk to you, then you're really wasting your time. So get quality leads rather than the quantitative leads. And what do we do, the first step revitalization to generate leads on social media? This involves creating engaging content that attracts people to the church's social media accounts. How many of your churches have social media accounts like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, TikTok? Yeah, all those are free. And we can help you set those up Immediately, Those are free. Grab, grab a young person in your church say, hey, our church needs this. They'll be excited about it. Why? Because Gen Z, they want to be a part of something. They want to be a part of something. Give them something to do. And what I love about this concept, once again, those, uh, those apps are 100% free. They want you on there. They have the people on there that, that you want to attract. Okay? So... Also, some examples of engaging content include inspirational quotes. So the thing I love about it is that you can just simply be genuinely you. Your daily Bible study, your Sabbath school lesson, the things you studied that morning, you can just go and say how you felt about that. Guess what? You are going to connect with somebody who actually feels the same way or somebody who knew that, who, who wanted that information. So you don't have to be super creative. Do what you've already been doing. Use what you've been using. Who here has a Bible? All right, guess what? You've got 66 books worth of content. You do. All the way from uh, in the beginning, all the way to Revelation. You've got plenty of content. Go there, do a Bible verse of the day. Do that. There's some, and use the hashtag Bible verse. You'll see that there are thousands of people, millions of people, who are just looking for Bible verses. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, so are you generally up yourself? So you're saying you can actually go on and put on your own hashtag or whatever over the day. Are you actually yourself becoming your own lead generator? You are. Just being, okay. okay. You are. So what, we, what we're talking about right now, we, we're keeping it very simple. In the first stage, and we I'm going to take you through a, a framework um, a marketing framework that, that actually helps you we're going to get to it in just a second but right now what we're saying is just simply doing the stuff that we can do so everybody can go to the Bible and pull out a Bible verse every day when we have our, our, our Sabbath school lessons right we go there there's a Bible verse right there just use that one so also testimonies you can do testimonies from members you can do testimonies from people that you come across you can do your testimony um, doing those testimonies, what you're doing is just simply putting information out there to attract the people that you want to attract. It's just simply building a better mousetrap. That's all it is. I hate to put it that way, but that's what it comes down to. It is also essential to use targeted ads to reach potential visitors. Now, here is when you'll start to spend money. But guess what? You can do $5 a day. You can do at least as uh, less as $1 a day on social media. But the key to it is this word right here, targeted. And we'll break that down for you in just a little bit as well. All right. Target audience. Decide who you want to reach first. The challenge that we have is that we want to reach everybody. Same time. But how many of us, if God allowed the doors to uh, to uh, to flood, uh, open open the doors of our church and everybody flooded in at once, how how many of our churches would just be overwhelmed? All of us, because we're not equipped to handle it. At my church, at our church, I had to decide: okay, what do we have? What are we good at doing? What are we not so good at? It takes a time you have to be honest with yourself, take that inventory. Why did I go through that process? Because if I understand what we have and what we're good at doing, then I don't have to recreate the wheel. This is stuff that we're already doing, so let's find out who needs what we're already doing. And that became our target audience. Then we got fancy with it, and we realized that we needed to have more uh, young adults, well, we say young adult professionals with families. We were very specific about that. And guess who's joining our church? If you go to our website, if you go, well, go to my uh, Facebook page. It's uh, Roscoe Shields, whatever. Same thing. Um, And you'll start seeing that the people we're baptizing are young professional adults with families. Why? Because we targeted that audience. We said, this is who we wanted to uh, bring into our church. Now, does that mean we don't want everybody else? No. That just simply means we're systematically, we knew that we needed children in our church. And the first thing that people said was, uh, well, pastor, we, we don't have any children. And I say, well, that's the problem. The problem problem is we don't have any children. Do we have a program for the children? Go develop the program. I'll get the children. And the Lord blessed us with our children's program. So we've got the children. We've got because the parents have to bring the children. And so that's why we're very specific at who we decided to do first. Now, your journey may be different. You may decide you want to do something differently, but be very specific about who your target audience is, who you want to bring in. Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, so you said um, your particular church, you guys decided that you want to reach young adults with families. Mm-hmm. Can you give me an idea, perhaps, what did you first present on social media that, that, um, that you knew that young adults with families would be interested in? What, what was the first care that you put out there? All right. I'll, I'll walk you through that process real quick. First thing we did is, to ha- as a matter of fact, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later okay, on. Tell you, wait, brother. But I get so excited about it, I want to tell you now. (laughs) I want to tell you now. Okay, but I'll come to it in just a second. Target audience. Clearly define who you want to reach. Be very specific. I give my target audience a face, a name, a location. I know where they are. I know where they work. I know what they like to eat. I know where they are. Why? Because all that's going to become part of my content. I want to talk to them. Let's do an exercise real quick. What's your name? Deborah. Deborah, okay. So if I walk in a room and I say, hey, how's it going? Who am I talking to? If I walk in and say, hi, Deborah, how are you today? You see that? It requires, it will ignite, it will encourage a conversation. And that's what you want to do with your leads. You want to be so targeted with them that you're talking to that person. The key to it is understanding that when people are scrolling, through content, you want them to stop on your content because now they can resonate with what you're saying. And we were very strategic about that too. As a matter of fact, at the end of this, I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to show you where my funnel is. You can go see it, you can steal it. Whatever you want to do is fine with me as long as it helps you out. Alright, find out what they, what they want, um, clearly define who, who you want to reach, then step two is find out what they want, what they need. This is what we call pain points. What keeps them up at night? What's their problem? What's their challenge? Like with, give you an example, with the young, young professional uh, families, I, I started to figure out some stuff that they need, and you can do like an Ask campaign, you can do a demographic study, or a couple, um, um, E. Ventus has a way for you to do all that stuff. So. The way that you can do this is I figured out that in in Portland um, area, young professionals with families, they were concerned about marriage. They were concerned about raising their children in Christ's lifestyle. They were stressed out. So I said, okay. Let's start talking. What does God have to say about these things? And I've developed a funnel that has what we call um, the toolkits. And basically what they, know the blueprint. And with that blueprint, what they will what, what they do when they see the blueprint, they see something that's going to resonate with what they want, what they need. And when they see it, they click on it to go get them. When they click on it, I got them. They're, they're, they're in my world. So find out what they need and then just give it to them. Give it to them for free. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. It can be free. uh, You can scan something, take a picture of something, put it there, let them get it for free because you want their email. It's like an exchange. Give me your email, I'll give you this thing that you want. And now they're on your list. All right. This is what it looks like. First thing you want to do is grab their attention. I'm curious about something. If, if I knew that the young adults were curious about stress, right, because of their finances. So what causes them stress? I'm stressed because I got these student loans. I've got this going on. I've got that going on. So I started developing content based on what I, fig- what I figured out that they, uh, that they were curious about. They needed answers, right? So the Bible has answers. Then from there, I was able to get their, get their interest. I want to learn more. I want to learn more. That created a desire and then this is the part that we're really bad about is actually the action part. The action part is is bringing them into your world, being intentional about inviting them to a Bible study, inviting them to a church. I discovered that everybody's not going to come to my church. So what did I do? I host an online Bible study. I'll get you one way or the other. (coughs) Excuse me. So here? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you stick with me, I promise you I'm going to lay it all the way out for you. No worries. No worries. I'm going to lay it all the way out for you so that when you leave here you guys are going to be masterminds. And I'm excited about that for you. This changed my life, changed my ministry. Alright, so here we go. Here's the format. Here's that, here's that uh, framework that we were just talking about. So even though you see it here I'm gonna break it down for you here. Alright, so attention, what you wanna do is generate awareness. Nobody knows that you're here. Remember I said that the lady came to our church and her next door neighbor was a member. Not the neighbor across the street, not the one down the road, but the next door neighbor. What you want to do is generate awareness. We are here. Start waving your hand. We are here. We are here. That's what you're going to do. Then you want to, once you have their attention, what are you going to do with them? You want to uh, develop an interest. You want to guide your prospects to learn more about you or your church. Now, I decided to put the word you in there, not so that we can be puffed up or pompous or anything, but I understand that some of our churches don't have such good names in our community anymore. And somebody has to be the attractive character. And it may have to be you. Then they get to know you, then they, that can develop that tr- bridge of trust to your church. So it can be you, can be your pastor, can be whomever. Then you want to um, 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 develop the desire, you want to build trust and establish credibility. So you're not, when you're giving them something in return for their email, you're not asking them for anything else. You want to give them as much of you as you possibly can. You want to do that. You want to feed that hunger for that desire. Then the last step, once again, use urgency or scarcity to encourage action. How do I do that? When, you go to my, when, you go to, when I share the phone with you, you'll see a couple of things on there. You'll see stuff like limited time. Limited seats. Because I, I don't, I'm not going to just let you come in whenever you get ready. You got to catch that window. And I'm only going to deal with so many people at one time. And what it does is so amazing. And you guys probably have done this yourself. You're up, you're watching TV, and you didn't, or you didn't even want that thing. Or you were online on Amazon. You didn't even want that thing. But, but they had that little ticker there that said there are only seven left. I got to have one. Order now. Order now. Scarcity and urgency makes people, it makes them want to act. So you you can do that. That's right. Order now. Uh, (laughs) All that, all that, all of that. So it's a strategy that works. Urgency and scarcity works. And I know it's counterproductive in our minds because, once again, we want to save everybody at the same time. But the way that the human mind works, we understand that these tactics are ways to draw people and to have them make an instant decision. All right, so I told you that I'm going to give you the strategy and I'm going to show you how to implement it, right? So this is how you implement that strategy. You're going to keep it very simple. Create a welcoming team that is responsible for greeting visitors and providing them with resources such as connect cards. Everybody here, does, does your church have connect cards? Okay, let me show you what, what they should look like. Oh, I, I ripped it already. But this is, what I, this is a Connect card that we designed for our church and what it looks like. And we're giving people information so that we can connect with them, so they can come into our world. But we are also, if you read it, it, it gives you gives them, uh, an opportunity to make a decision as well. So why are we using the Connect cards? Well, number one, How do I know that I had 88 visitors? Because it goes to a database, and now I'm able to see who those people are. And when they get to that database, then I start nurturing, which, which, which which we'll talk about a little bit later on, we start nurturing those relationships, which is very important. Now, so you want to create that welcoming team. Now, you say, well, Pastor, there are only five of us in the church. You, you only need one or two people to be the welcoming team. Because this right here is going to do the job for you. It's going to do the job for you. So this has a couple of ways you can do it. You can text welcome to this number. Or if you're not too uh, technologically savvy, you can just fill out the card. Have them fill it out and give it back. So how many of you guys would fill this out for free, just for anything, just because I asked you to? You yeah, maybe some of you would, but everybody wouldn't. So how do I maximize it? There's a little statement on here that says, Welcome to Sharon Church, where the arms of Christ are always open. We're glad you're here. Connect with us for a chance to win this week's free gift. Everybody likes free gifts, right? What's the free gift? <laughs> there you go. It'll be whatever you want to get. My free gift is an the ebook. It's an ebook that I uh, created called uh uh next steps journey my journey with Jesus. so it just talks about my life and all that good stuff there. so yeah, you have a chance to win the free gift and it's free. now you can get fancy with it and give them like gift cards and stuff like that. Maybe your budget will allow for that. mine does not so <laughs> but the key to it is to incentivize them to get their information so that you can connect with them. <clears throat> all right, so that's step one, step two is create a workflow that includes an autoresponder for SMS and email communication to nurture visitors and follow up after their visit. Now, if I just lost you, raise your hand. So everybody understands what I just said, right? Okay, all right, here we go. So when a person comes into my world and they click on a link or they fill out the Connect Card, SMS just simply means text messaging. Okay, that's all that means. Everybody, we we text, right? Okay, so what happens is the SMS, I know you can't read my writing so I'm going to tell you what it is. SMS, and what happens, they get a text message while they're sitting in my church. As soon as they fill it out, boom, they get a message, it gets their name, it gets their uh, phone, and it gets their address. Oh, and their email. If you don't get anything else, get the name and the email. And while they're sitting there, it's very conversational. And when they text um, the, the uh, welcome to that number, it's going to say, thank you for attending church today. i sure you're interested in getting the, uh, the free gift. So what is your first name? Boom. They send the first name, then the system says, well, hi, Cheryl, or hi, Deborah. What is your second, what was your last name? Then what is your phone number? What's the best email that we can send you your gift? Because you want the gift, right? So it goes, that's how you get it, through the email. So you do that. Then we got smart with this thing. What we said is what we want to do is engage them. So we got the welcome here, got the welcome Then here, we send three hours after service, while it's still fresh on their mind, we send them a text message that asks them, uh, we send them a quiz, I'm sorry, survey, survey asking them about their, A being the uh, greatest to D being, you know, I'll never be back. So how was your, how was your, Um, what do you call it? Yeah. Experience with us. Yeah, thank you. And so that lets us know if we're doing a good job or not. We only got one bad grade. One. Out of all those 88 people, just one person said, it was horrible, I don't ever want to come back. So first thing I did, I reached out to the person and said, hey, you know, I'm sorry that you had a bad time today, tell me what happened. Uh, And we were doing a series on creation. And yeah, they didn't like the series on creation. So then I can do about that. That's between them and God. But at least you know how you're doing. So, so that's three hours later. The very next morning, that next morning, we're going to send them a text message. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad you came. Looking forward to seeing you next week. So that's one day later. We're not going to inundate them with, with all of these text messages. So. So that's a Sunday. So Tuesday, they get a message from us, hey, just letting you know that we're praying praying for you today. And we ask them, do you have any prayer requests? No? And then they're able to text back with their prayer request. So is this all automated? 100% automated. There's not one person texting back unless you just jump in there to text or, or call somebody back. So two days later. That's a Tuesday. Um, Thursday comes, no, no, Friday comes and guess what happens? Looking forward to seeing you at church tomorrow. Letting them know, hey, we've been on this journey together. Looking forward to seeing you at church tomorrow. And this is how we actually get people to come back to our church. Now, from there, we're not going to text them back until 14 days later. Why? Because at this point, you have come to church once, you come to church the second time, we need someone to be engaged with that individual at that, at that point. Okay. So here, 14 days later, we text them, hey, just letting you know we're still praying for you, how can we help? How can we connect with you? Uh, do you want to, is there uh, something that you want to do here at Sharon? You want to volunteer? So we, we leave those doors open to kind of move them to the next level. But by this time, the person has been nurtured so well, they've been touched. For 14 days, they've been touched without being bothered. But now they know that the church cares about them. Simultaneously, we're doing the email and this is the part I love. Anybody ever hear the show Seinfeld? What was it about? Show about nothing, right? Your email is going to be about nothing. You're just talking to the person. Just sharing information with the person. You're not going to invite them to a Bible study. You're just sharing information to them, sharing your journey, sharing whatever it is through six emails. Why? because they're getting the text messages, they already know that we care about them. Now, we're just kind of talking with them, building that rapport, building that, building that rapport with the person, nurturing that relationship with them. And so these are all automated. On that sixth email, I see your hand, on that sixth email, we are gonna ask a question. You know, have you signed up for one of the Bible studies? Are you part of one of the small groups? What would you like to do here, Sharon? Because now I'm just assuming that if you're going to open up all six of my emails, that you really want to talk to me. There's even a button there where you can talk to the pastor directly. You can just hit the button, boom, and schedule a phone call. Yes, sir? Oh, do they have a way to opt out? They do. By law, you have to have a way to opt out on text message and um, and on email. And we don't have a lot of people opting out. We have more church members opting out than visitors. It's <laughs> just horrible. Yes?
0: Yeah, okay, just a quick question. I want you to go back. What was on day one
1: day? What church did you win? Day one here? After the survey. Oh, they want. OK. All right, so uh, this is going to be a Tuesday. No, no, this is Sunday. Sunday, we're, we're, um, we, after the survey, we're asking them um, we, we let them know that, we, that we're glad that they came. Then we're also asking them, um, uh, no, we've asked in the survey, how's your um, experience. experience? So day one, thanking them for coming. Oh, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you next week. Forward
0: to seeing
1: you. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you next week. So this is letting them know the day that we go to church on. This is letting them know the day we go to church on. Because we, we, it, this is going to be a Sunday. So we let them know we're gonna, we want to see you next week. Thank you for coming, thank you for coming yesterday. And um, and looking forward to seeing you next week. Okay. Then we follow up with a prayer, then from prayer, then we go to that Friday, looking forward to seeing you at church tomorrow. Yeah, Thank you. you're welcome. All right, so that's the SMS and the email strategy. and once again, it doesn't have to be complicated. You can build out these strategies very simple, very easy, very easy. Right, yeah. There's a platform that I use as a secret platform, but I'll tell you about it. No, you you literally have to be, um, you have to, um, you will have to have an invitation to join. It's called Metro Funnels. Metro Funnels is what it's called, yes.
0: So on the free giveaway, how do you decide? Does everyone so happen to win?
1: With me, because it's, it's, my, it's an ebook. It is free, everybody wins. <laughs> yeah, but if you're giving away something like a gift card or something like that, you know, um, I don't know how sustainable it is to give away $25 to 80 people, you know. I, I don't know. Maybe you can, but I, I can't. Yeah, that, that's, that's why I decided to do it that way, but everybody gets it. Everybody gets it, yeah. So um, even if if you did not give it to everybody, what saves you is that you put in there, you have a chance to win this week's giveaway. Yeah, so great question, great question. Anything else before we move on to the next one? All right, so that's the implementation strategy. Very simple, and once again, don't worry about the verbiage. Just understand the, the strategy behind it. What you wanna do is engage that individual as quickly as possible, all right? So here we're gonna talk about engage and nurturing. This is very important, because once we get a person to engage with our content, which means they either go online and find our website, they find our our, um, landing page, or they come to our church what we cannot do is allow them to journey alone because when they journey alone, they start to make up their mind. They start to listen to other people and there's nobody that can tell your story like who? Like you. So we got to engage them. So how do we do this? We want to, um, it involves once again the welcoming environment from the visitors, providing them with resources that they will uh, help, uh, help them grow spiritually. And this is why I have the ebook. um... Um, talking about my spiritual journey, engaging them in that particular way because once again, I need them to have uh, growth spiritually. It can be whatever book you wanted. It can be a cheat sheet. It could be whatever it is you decided you wanted to be. Um, And If if you guys have some time today, you got some ideas, I'd be more than happy to walk you through that process after this. Uh, Automating communication to enable visitors to feel valued and encouraged to return. Now, if you guys go somewhere and nobody talks to you, right? Nobody says a thing to you. You go into church, you sit there, you worship, and then you just leave. Nobody says, well, hello, how are you today? Nobody comes to, uh, to, to uh, shake your hand or to sp- even speak to you. How likely are you to return to that church? Not very likely. No. You guys have shown me that you don't want me here, but guess what? It happens all the time. Oh, People will walk into church Members will walk into church and expect everybody else to engage with visitors, except for them. And it happens all the time. So, what you want to do is set up a systematic way. I have people who, who I, I call my welcoming team, it is their job to stand in the foyer for the whole entire service. So, no matter what time you come into, in, into the uh, church, you're going to get someone who is going to welcome you, who's going to nurture, start that relationship with you. I want to get fancy with it to the point when I get enough people to start in the parking lot. That's why, that's why I want to start. But right now, you have to use what you got in order, in order to get what you want. So visitor nurture, it helps you save money and time with, uh, without any of the leads falling through the cracks because once again, everything's 100% automated. Once you set it, it's done. It's going to go out to unless somebody uh, says that they don't want your information anymore. If they opt out, then they, they're out. But either way it goes, you set it and people will get nurtured automatically. And someone may say, well, you know, that's that's very um, unhuman-like or well, that's not very warm. But you can set it up to be a conversation-type uh, text message. And to spread out so that it doesn't get considered as spam. You're not over inundating them with information and once again it shows that you have their best interest at heart. You're praying for them. You're asking them how can we pray for you. So you want to create meaningful conversations and you want to develop the workflows uh, that encourage this conversation tell your story through email sequences. That's what we're talking about here. Tell your story. So how do you implement this? Implement this, identify your target audience once again, and create content that appeals to them. Everybody understand what I say when I say content? Okay. Content is just simply whatever it is that you want to do. Like, if you make a post, if you do a text message, that's content. If you do something verbal, if you record yourself verbally saying something, that's content. That's all content is. So, that's what you want to do. You want to identify your target audience. And once again, so say for instance, if um, we we had, uh, when I got there, I noticed that we had uh, um, a lot of seasoned saints, I'll put it that way. And they were 65 and above, right? So although we had this community of people, there was really no community. Right? So everybody came to church, they loved on each other, they went home. There's really no community. So what we decided to do was come together with them and say, what would you guys like to do? And so now we have a knitting club. And what they do, they engage each other. They engage other people in the community who like knitting. Now, I don't like knitting, but they do. So they come together, and guess what happened? They started inviting people to the knitting group based on the knitting. And now these people get to know about Jesus through the knitting group. So you can be amazed by what people, what will engage people. I would never join a knitting group. Never think about a knitting group. But it's there. A hiking group. Our church now has a hiking group. And a person just got baptized from the hiking group because they spent time after church going hiking with church members who did not even, who, 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 who were church members together but did not do life together. But because we started the hiking group, they would go out in nature, start talking about nature, discuss biblical themes in nature. This person did not know Jesus. This person was a witch. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? So, me going out with, the, with one of our Bible studies, giving it to a witch, guess what, guess what the witch is going to do? Throw it down. But because there was something that bridged what the person was interested in doing that helped connect them to Jesus. And that's that's all of this stuff is. That's all of this is. Finding out who your target audience is. Find out what they want. It costs us $0 to start a knitting group. Start, it costs us $0 to do a hiking group. Everybody already had their shoes. Everybody already had their water. They just showed up. They even took their own vehicles. So this stuff does not cost money. It just takes some time to think about, Lord, what can I do? All right. So identify the social media platforms that they are using and create accounts. Now, everybody who uses Facebook doesn't use Instagram. Everybody who uses Instagram does not use TikTok. Okay? So understand, if you want to talk to an older crowd, Facebook is probably going to be the place you go. If you want to talk to uh, middle-aged, uh, younger, it's probably going to be Instagram. If you want young, young people in your church, TikTok's going to be your place to go. Okay. So create the content based on where you are. Now, how many pastors do we have here today? Okay, great. Now, we have something that's called long-form content. That's like your sermon. Right? So I'm going to give you a formula that's going to help you save uh, tons of time and get you lots and lots of people into your church. Long form. So do you guys stream to YouTube? Yeah. You do? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Okay. I love it. Because all you need to stream on YouTube is a cell phone. That's all you need. Take a cell phone and... You don't have to get fancy with it. You don't, you don't have to get fancy with it. You have one of these little sticks here, and you can pull the little stick out here. I don't even know how to open it right. So put it there. Put your cell phone on, on here. Set it and forget it. Boom. You're on YouTube. You're streaming live. Okay. So when you do that, what you do is you take your long-form content. If you guys write your sermons out, you're really ahead of the game. So if you write your sermon out, what you're going to do, you know the points that you wanted to make in your sermon, right? So what you're going to do is take your long form content, that thing on YouTube or that, that streaming that you did on Facebook, and you're going to break it up into 60 seconds or less. So take that PowerPoint that you wanted to hit and take that main idea, bring it to a 60 second um, uh, what do you call it? Um, Trim it, yeah, trim it down to 60 seconds and put it up as a reel. Put it up as a reel. You can do that. Right after you preach, greet the people, go hang out with them, then go, go to your office or in your car on your phone, do the reel, post it. I post my reels on Sundays. Oh, great question. Reel is a 60 second clip of a video. Yeah, content. And so, being that you've already preached your sermon, you've done the content. That's long-form content. Just break it up into smaller pieces, and now you're able to give that information to people. And Right now, social media is pushing out reels more than anything else, so more and more people will start to see you, and that's free. That's free. Now, here's what you can do. Once you post your reel, you can start with your hashtag, and we'll go into that a little bit later on, but you can also put your location there. So what I started doing with my reels, with my content, I would post Portland so that people in Portland would start seeing my stuff. Yeah. And I didn't have to create anything else. I just preached the sermon. That's all I did. And took the content and and, uh, clipped it, made it into a um, um, 60-second reel. It can be less than 60 seconds, but no more. Okay. You want to allocate a budget. Now, some people may say, well, Pastor, you know, we don't have a big budget. You don't need a big budget. You can start social media a dollar a day. One dollar a day. That's $30 a month. 28 in February. Okay? So you can do that. Get started. A lot of the stuff we're talking about you can do for free. The reels are free. That's free. You can post there for free. The thing about it is you have to be consistent with it. Okay? So how do we implement this strategy? We talked about it a little bit here earlier. For SMS communication, the church can use the SMS marketing platform like Metro Funnels. So if you guys give me your email, I'll see if I can get you guys an invitation over there to get that done. Um, and they're, they're triggered based on the visitor's actions such as sending a welcome message immediately after a visitor checks in or providing them with a link to sign up for a small group Bible study. The church also can send reminder messages before upcoming events or services. Now, this is important because you already have their email. So now that we have this, now that we have the email, guess what happens? Every time that we have an event coming up, they get the newsletter saying, "Hey, this is what we have going on at our church. We love to see you here, and we get people coming through to do it." Quick, quick thing that we did. Um, we did something called um, "Hallowed Be Thy Name." Once again, we're still in COVID, just try, uh, and the church was open, but we still had masks. So we figured, okay, what can we do? Now, don't stone me when I say this word. What could we do during Halloween? Oh, don't stone. Me. Don't stone me. So we got this bright idea to open up our parking lot so that. The parents could bring their kids through our parking lot and we'll give them a Bible study on the state of the dead. I redeemed myself. Great question. So, well, I'll give you the details a little bit later. But why we did it was important. Once again, we had names of people. So we sent out invitations to people. We had over 100 vehicles come through our parking lot on that Halloween. Matter of fact, there was a write-up in one of the um, what's what's the what's the uh, magazine here? Gleaner. Gleaner. Yeah, it was a write-up in one of those magazines. So, and through that, not only were we able to send information out to those people free because they're already on our list, but also they told other people about it, and when other people came, we got them to sign up for our list. So it's such an amazing journey. About getting, that, uh, getting it done that way. So that, that's the part I was going to tell you there about the email communication. But what um, Hallowed Be Thy Name was about, we set up different areas of the parking lot all the way from creation in the Garden of Eden. And we talked about how death entered into the world. We talked about uh, different scenes uh, like the Witch of Endor. We talked about Lazarus being raised. And we took them through the, bi- uh, through the Bible study about the state of the dead. And we ended with the second coming of Jesus Christ so that the little kids can understand that death itself has an end. And everybody said amen. All right. Create opportunities for visitors to serve and get involved. Once again, don't wait for them to become members. Get them involved. If you recall, here we're asking them, You know, how would you like to serve in our church? We're asking them already, how would you like to serve? Where can we help you find your place? because they will start serving and start getting connected and next thing you know they become members of your church. Alright, step three. We're almost home. Church culture. Changing the church culture. The third step is simply this. Create a culture that focuses on spiritual growth, outreach, and community involvement. We got a saying in our church that it's never about the bread. At our church we don't, we don't, we, at our board meeting we don't discuss the money. That's God's business. Our thing is, if it's, if it's his will, if, it, if it's his will, it's his bill. Our job is to be faithful. That's our job. So in part of being faithful, we have to understand that we have to continue to create uh, ways for outreach and create ways that we can get our community involved with what we're doing here at our church. Got to be able to do that. That comes with a lot of prayer. Examples of activities that can be implemented to change the church culture include community service projects. What can we do? During COVID, we, um, we decided to give out a free COVID test. You know, so we did that. Um, we have a community service uh, area where we do food where people are able to just go shopping they, we got shopping carts and all that stuff they just go pick out the food they want and the major question that we always get asked is wow this is really free yes it is it's free, matter of fact go tell somebody about it so they can come and be blessed and so also you want to do outreach events We have this year we got fancy with it because it's amazing when your church starts to see new people come in they start to trust you as a pastor. And they say, okay, what other crazy idea does this man have? So what we decided to do is develop a, 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 an events team. And with our events team, what we're doing, we're taking our community to the movies. We're going to open up our parking lot once again, get one of those big uh, screens, invite them to come in, just like it's a uh, drive-in movie theater. Yeah. We're giving you reasons to come to our church. Yeah. So we're doing all we can, and you know, our, our goal was to attract who? Young professional with families, right? So we got to do stuff that young adults with families want to do. They want somebody else to take care of their kids. That was a joke. That was a joke. Alright. Somebody said amen. <laughs> Create an identity. Alright. If your church burned down today, God forbid, if your church was wiped off the map today, what effect would it have on your community within the next two weeks? How about the next two months? How about the next two years? Would your community be affected at all if your church wasn't there? More and more people are saying, "Well, you know, I'm connected to God. I'm just not connected to organized religion or church, because all the church wants is money. But what happens when your church is different? Last Sabbath, we had a person sitting in our church who hadn't been to church in years. He used to be a Catholic. She came to our church because um, um, someone she knew was getting baptized. And I always tell people who are getting baptized, invite everybody you know. Invite them. I didn't recognize it, but during the sermon, the person who got baptized said to me that the person who came to church, were, they were in tears. They were weeping. Because it was the first time they actually felt welcomed at church. It's free to go up to a person and say, hello, how are you? My name is. You don't have to be pushy. I'm the most introverted person in this room, I'm telling you right now. But I'm excited about what I do. I get that reaction all the time. I am so shy, but I enjoy seeing people come to Christ. And I know that I got to be the one who actually opens that door for them. So I go beyond myself. Here's how we implement it. Okay. Create a team that is responsible for planning and executing community service projects. There are three people on my events team, and I am one of them. doesn't take a lot of people, but it does take time. It takes time. takes effort. Another thing, too, don't just do stuff just to say we did stuff. Do stuff that matters to that community. What does your community need? What does your community want? It's going to take us giving our time and our effort in order to make differences in our community. The days of just putting out a flyer and say, come and hear this great preacher or come to hear this great event. People are not going to do that anymore because we've not developed relationships with them. All right. So. Create opportunities for members to serve in the community and demonstrate the love of Christ. Developing the knitting group, developing the, um, the hiking group, Where this is exactly how we did that. Just ask the church members, what do you guys like to do? What do you want to do? How can we get involved? Oh, I like to knit. Okay, I like scrapbooking. Okay, well guess what? You like to knit? You like scrapbooking? Let me help you get that ministry started. It's all about helping people get connected. So here's our Q&A and I told you I was going to give you an opportunity to steal my funnel. There it is right there. RoscoeShields.com slash free offer. If you go there right now, you're going to see exactly how I do what I do. It is yours for the taking. you can have it. Word for word. You can just change your name. It's roscoshieldscom slash free offer. First name, last name. R-O-S- C-O-E S-H-I-E-L-D-S dot com slash free offer. Let me pull it up for you. All right. So everything here is strategic. I'm talking to the person, once again, finding peace and chaos and answering answers in confusion. So if you notice, I don't say anything about Bible study. The buzzwords nowadays, online course, everybody wants to take a course, okay? So that's, that's what we decided to call it then, a course. I start talking to the individual. Maybe you're here because you're looking for answers. You want to grow closer to God. Your spiritual life is stagnant. Because I know these are things that people are looking for, right? So they can click this button to join a free course. Whatever the reason, we're so glad you're here. I'm indoctrinating them. I'm building that rapport with them. I'm talking with them. Of course, you got see that handsome young man right there. And then day one, this is what they can expect. Day one, this is what you're going to do. You can't do all of them at the same time, because it's a course. That is like how long is the course? No, it's really like maybe 15 minutes. Because when young, young professionals with families are very busy. So they're not going to sit in front of a laptop for an hour, right? See, she's shaking her head like, mm and like, But you can do 10, 15 minutes, very easy. So it starts to talk about what, what they can do. Then it gives them another opportunity to join. Then here, get your free Bible study course and find peace today. And then they can get a chance to go there and click that button. You guys can do this. It's, it's very simple. If you don't know how to build it out, you can go to um, Metro Funnels. Text, SMS, uh, email, all your autoresponders, your database, your, C, uh, your CRM, uh funnel builder, website builder, everything, one spot. You notice you gotta put your email address in there in order to get it, right? Join the free seven day course. So when they click join, that's gonna, I'm gonna capture their email address. They have to go to their email to get the first lesson. Because what that does, that helps build my reputation. Because what's happening now, you, you, you guys get a lot of emails, some of it's spam, right? But every now and then, it's something that you want, but it goes to spam. But what you do in order to get a good, quote unquote, digital reputation is that you send something to someone's email that they're looking for, and it makes them click on your email, which tells Google and everybody else that this is a good email address, so your stuff won't go to spam. This is specifically for unchurched people. So me putting it on my church website, is probably going to like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that or not. So. I'm speaking to them. On, on. I'm going to where they are, talking to them directly. All right. Any other questions? It, um, <laughs> there are a couple of uh, funnel builders builders that are out there. Um, if you guys just don't have the time and don't want to deal with it, you can go to Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R, I believe, .com. You can do Upwork.com. Uh, you can call me. I'll, I'll take your money. I won't have to do it. Let me show you what Sermon View did for me, your, your landing page is going to be set up. All of this content here is going to be there. You can kind of, um, you're able to um, change it if you want, but these guys are very good at kind of putting you in the right direction with the information that you need. Going to do the key benefits. If you're going down further, it's going to show you where keep going, keep going, keep going, where um, they have, um, this is what I thought was amazing, what people are saying about the Prophecies of Hope. This legitimizes what it is you're doing in your area. It shows people what other people are saying about the event, people who've actually gone through the event. So I thought that was very good. Social proof is is a good thing. So all, all of this right here, this is what Sermon View does for you. And then once they click the button, It goes to a uh, landing page. Landing page you you would get, uh, you're able to get the person's email, you're able to get their phone number, you're able to get their address, and it goes to the database, which is called Interest Tracker. (laughs) Yeah, Interest Tracker is great. Um, What we were able to do with Interest Tracker, um, when people signed up online to this website, they directly went to that database, and we were able to assign uh, church members to those individuals. So I was able to um, assign a person and say, okay, I want you to work with this person. I want you to work with that person. We also we're also able to track uh, their attendance to the meetings. Even the people who are online, we we're able to track. They they showed up online because they give you a sermon viewer. Uh, it's a lot of great tools that, uh, that we have here. With the sermon viewer, the, you have a, a way for um, I like person, if a person, and this is so great because what we had the challenge with is when we were streaming to uh, Facebook and to um, YouTube, there was some content that they would not like us to put on there because it's their con- it's their place. But with the sermon viewer, we were able to stream our entire service, plus the people were we were able to engage with the people. They could ask questions and we could respond right there in the viewer without, you know, uh, uh, um, say for instance, if you, if you do it on YouTube, then you got, conversation with this person and a conversation with that person, and it may not necessarily be what you want to talk about. So, yeah, uh, the sermon viewer would uh, would enable you to do all that. All right? So, from Interest Tracker is where you would house all of your information for that individual. You know they came night one, night two, night three. You'll even know if they missed night number two or night number three. So, it shows you all the information in one place so you can connect in a meaningful way with those people. And so, this kind of takes the mystery out, well, this takes the hassle, rather, rather, out of you trying to run the back end of your meeting. Especially if you don't have a lot of people in your church, um, you don't want to run into situations where you got to preach and set this up as well. If you don't have a lot of people that are technolog- uh, technologically savvy, you got Lucy and the rest of the team here that can help walk, you, set this up for you. And once they set it up, you're in charge of your database. You got questions. I call them. I, I email them. If I knew where they lived, I would go knock on their doors. But they are very responsive to, <laughs> to whenever I call. So I really do appreciate them. Um, and the stuff that we talked about here today, th- they are experts at helping you out um, with that information as well. So, so thank you, Sermon View, for allowing us to come. And uh, thank you guys for being here to help me out. Because uh, this is actually how we were able to get our church up and running. Are there any other questions that you guys may have? So,
0: you've gone and done all this SMS, starting with SMS, right? And you're up to the six emails. Mm-hmm. Is, is it like, how does it keep going? Does
1: it keep going? Well, at some point, with, with this model, is high tech, but it's also high touch. A lot of models that you'll see now Is high tech with low touch, which means that you don't really have to do very much. But with this model, at some point, you have to jump in there and have a conversation with the real person. So this is all about nurturing. Because even at the 14 days, it's just simply, you know, following up with the individual, asking them about what their next steps are. Between this time and this time, somebody from the church should have reached out to the person and developed that relationship with them. This just helps us nurture, build the nurture. This helps us engage on a level where nobody gets left out. Because, you know, when you come to church, it's, it's kind of hard to talk to everybody at the same time, right? But here, you're able to talk to every visitor without leaving anybody out until you can, until you can get around to everybody. So after this sixth email, by that time, you should have, uh, someone should have connected with that individual to kind of help them. Um, do you guys, and also, you may want to develop some type of discipleship track. Because what are the next steps? What do you want them to do? You got to be very intentional about that. Because I understand, psychologically speaking, people love to be told what to do, even the ones who say they don't. You know, we have to take the mystery away and tell them exactly what their next steps are. And for me, next step is joining our church through baptism. That's how we do that. I'm very clear on that. When I do my calls uh, for the altar call, I don't call for special prayer i do that all prayer to me is special. I call for people to change their lives. So and, um, if you go to YouTube, you'll see it on, on our page, uh, Sharon uh, Church PDX. And uh, you'll see that we do the altar calls like almost every week. Should do them every week, but almost every week, yeah. And people come. They join the church. So it's working. And right now we have, um, last year you saw the, um, the, um, uh, the flyer, I think it says something about 60 baptisms. Uh, this year, so far, in Regional Ministries, we have 23? Uh, 23, 23 so far. So our goal is to do 200 this year, but we'll see what the Lord says. So that's our goal. Yes? So did you put together a special group of people that would personally reach out for? That's a great question. Um, there's, we developed something. We went to the church manual. We saw something called interest coordinator. Have you guys heard of interest coordinator? Yeah, Who understands what that is? Nobody, right? So what we decided to do was take that interest coordinator. We took an um, uh, uh, el- um, elderly person, and she, she was like, well, I can't really do much, but I like to make phone calls. So guess what we did? Gave her a list of names, start calling people. Checking in on them, see how they're doing. You're not selling anything, just checking in on them. And so get you don't need a whole bunch of people. So you just get a person who, who wants to be involved, who has a little extra time on their hands so they can at least contact the people and just check in on them, pray with them. We have a, a Bible study group every Monday that's uh, on the phone, it's not even online. So you, just, you can take a couple of minutes, jump in. You've got a devotional thought, and we have a prayer, and we'll let you go on about your business. We have um, um, the uh, knitting group. We have the, the, um, the, the hiking group. We have women, women's ministries. We're developing our men's ministries. But all of our ministries had to be focused. When we did our nominating committee, <clears throat> I don't recommend doing this unless you are really trusting in the Lord. We, we change things up. Every ministry had to be 100% focused on how they were going to achieve the church's mission, 100% focused on that. And so what we decided to do is, okay, first I had to let people know what the mission is, right? So this is the mission. This is what we're going to do. So how do we do that? so every church we're no longer just once again having programs just to have programs we're being intentional about connecting with people so every church ministry is figuring out a way how they can connect with the community how they can connect, how we can connect with each other and how we can connect with God so those are our things connecting with our community connecting with each other connecting with God so there are many pathways that we're creating that everybody in the church can at least do something but we already know that everybody's not going to do something right. But so just take the few that you have. Get a person who can make phone calls. Get a person who, um, um, who can follow up with email or text message. Just in case someone won't respond and wants a prayer right then. You know, just jump on there and just pray with them. Yeah. Yes, sir. How big is the
0: church that you implemented all this?
1: Oh, I love that question. When I got there, you know, you know, the 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 amount that's on the books and in the pews are severely different. So, you want the amount on the books or in the pews? We had oh, it was like four hundred and some odd people, four hundred eighty some odd people on the books. Right? We had less than twenty people in the pews. Yeah. Coming out of COVID, of course, you know, a lot of people are saying that we're worshiping online. That's cute. That's cute. But in essence, I had to to figure out how is I going to motivate the people from their bedside to actually coming back to the church. Then I had to figure out how can I motivate my community to start coming to the church. And this is the system that helped me do that. This is a system to help me do that. I remember the first time we had 40 people in church. Sister Lucy, we shouted, "Thank you, Jesus!" And now um, we are somewhere a little bit over 100 people each Sabbath, and once again, most of those are visitors. We've gotten so bold that we just plan baptisms. We put them on the calendar, and because we know that the Lord is blessing people and we're serving people, and people are going to join the church. We already know that. Could they have done that if they hadn't had you to you knew all the
0: technology?
1: Absolutely. The Holy Spirit is amazing. (laughs) I I take zero credit for any of this. (laughs) We could just borrow you for a while. You sure absolutely can. Talk to this lady over here so she can get you everything you need. So here's here's the thing. All the thing I did was just set up a systematic way of doing what we should have been doing anyway. Anybody familiar with um, um, Ministry of Healing? Page 143, yeah, 143, 144. Christ Methods Alone. Everybody familiar with that, right? That's, this is all I did is automate Christ Methods Alone. This is nothing new. That's all I do. Are the
0: people that were baptized, are they
1: still there? Absolutely. The retention rate is amazing. The retention rate, we have 100% of people who have joined our church since September. They're still coming. Not only they're still coming, they're active in the church. Now, I don't know how long that 100% is going to last, but right now, nine months, we still got 100% of people that are being baptized. Yeah, 100%. Now, here's also something that a little secret too that we did. Um, In your church, you probably already have people who are ready to get baptized. But one of the answers that I found that was very common People say why they did not not get baptized or why they have not been baptized because nobody asked them. So we set up an initiative called Set the Date. And that's how we start setting the date and we tell people. In the sermon, you'll hear me say, we have a baptism coming up. XYZ date. Who wants to get ready? Boom. You got people that'll come. They'll fill out their cards. And they'll tell me. Boom. I want to get baptized. And also I put on here I want to become a member. I put on here becoming a church. I mean I'm becoming a Christian. Why? Because all those things look different to you to a person depending on where their walk is. Becoming a Christian, that may be their vernacular. I want to become a member, that may be their vernacular. They they may not even know what baptism is about. So my job is to meet them where they are. I want to become a Christian. Okay, cool. Let's see what that looks like. Let me walk with you. Let me journey with you to show you what that looks like. And we end up where? In the water. (laughs) I want to become a a member of the church. I want to become a Christian. Okay, fine. Let me show you what that looks like. I want to get baptized. Let me show you what that looks like. Let me walk with you. And so that's what what I believe that the Lord has gifted me with. It's just being able to journey with people. Just journey with them. Just walk hand in hand with them. Because, once again, we can be high tech, but we've got to be high touch. We've got to be high touch. We've got to care about people. We've got to love people. And I believe that's why people are joining our church. Not because of this stuff here. It's just a way to get them interested. But it all boils down to, do you care about me as a person? Do you love me? Know what the witch said? The witch said, how can you say that you love me? I baptized a witch. How do, you, how do you say that you love me? You never even met me. Easy conversation. Because for her, love had been transactional. I love you so you can do something for me. I do something for you. You do something for me. But that's not how Jesus works. And that's the incredible thing. That's the, that's, that's the secret sauce that we have called the Holy Spirit. When we care so much about people, they, they start feeling the love that they've never felt before in their lives. I've got people who are completely disjointed from their families, who've not even heard the word I love you before, been criticized, been, been talked about, been abused. So when they walk into my world, I'm, joy- and I'm doing a journey with them. And I'm showing them genuine love. It's like you can't you can't pay them people to leave me. Not that I'm Jesus, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm helping them understand the true love that God has for them. Now, I've gone into something else. I know my time should be up by now. Right. Keep going, now. All right. So that's the great thing about this thing. It's just another way for God to be God. That's all it is. It's another way for us to attract people that may not be looking for God. But we all know that God is looking for them, right? So we give them an opportunity. We build that bridge so that they can encounter Jesus in a way that they probably would not have encountered him before. That's all it is. Any other questions? The age of your church. Oh, I love your questions. Our medium age before was 67, 68. Now we're at 42. Now we're at 42 in nine months. I can't wait to see what the next nine months is going to look like. I can't wait to see it. Now, does that discount our senior saints, our seasoned saints? No. Because once again, we have things uh, available for them too, but we also understand that um, when we have a high level, a high concentration of seniors in our church, that means that our church cannot last forever. It's, even though it can't last forever anyway, but still, there has to be somebody to take over. You guys are tired, right? Yeah, you want to sit down somewhere, but you got to keep working because there's nobody else there. So what we do is we partner. We say say to the younger folk that are coming in, hey, why don't you go over there and show them how to use this thing? Boom. And guess what you get to do? You get to give some of of your wisdom to them. So we're helping each other out in their capacity. But it all came about, once again, with us being intentional about who our target audience is. Who do we want to serve? Who do we want to speak to first? And so those young adults who were professionals with families, were the first people we wanted to talk to. Because we knew we needed that energy. We knew we needed that. And and I got to be honest with you, we added that word professionals in there because we got a whole city of people who need help. But right now, we were not positioned so that we could financially help people so we couldn't pull them into that situation. But what we're doing now is developing people who needed help as well. We're able to meet their needs. We're able to do that. And so, yeah, I love your questions. Give me another one. Okay, okay, okay. But, yeah, the median age of our church, it, it was, um, yeah, we, we were getting up there. And um, we didn't have any new people coming to church. The regular members were barely coming to church. Um, it, it just was not a good situation at all.
0: Is there a difference in the type of service that you have on
1: there's a there's a much different, it, it made a difference. There's an energy. There's an electricity that happens there when you get people who want to be there, as opposed to it's just your ritual for being there. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it, it's, a, it's just such an amazing energy there. Yeah. When people want to be the ch- well, they want to get to the church, they they are they're, they're happy to be there. As a matter of fact, I see your hand, but the, our visitors are inviting visitors. Exactly. 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 What got that started? What got that started with us being intentional about being high-touch, too. Because we can't expect for this just to bring people to Jesus. It has to be us. It has to be us. We have to do that. As a matter of fact, this afternoon, I get to speak again on on what what you are just talking about, how the leadership of the church, so goes the pastor, so goes the church. The pastor has to infuse a culture in the church that suggests that we are going to be a loving church. We're going to be a welcoming church. It has to do that. And so we had people that were fighting, that didn't know they were fighting, you know, because you know members would tell new pastors everything, you know. <laughs> They're like, uh, just wait till you till you get to know those people. No, just wait till they get to know Jesus. So that, that's how that happened. Great question. Yes, sir. Yeah, I had a question. How did um I guess the original members respond to the changes? All right, great question. Um, we had a couple of different cultural differences. Me being from the south was a major cultural difference, because you know people from the Pacific Northwest are, you know, as they say, they're different. No, I didn't say that; that's what they say. So here I am from the south, never been here before, a day in my life, right? Coming in with the, all these bright ideas, but I learned something when I was in uh, business school. As a leader, you have to get buy-in. You have to get buy-in. How did I do that? I started asking them what they want to do. I said, okay. And this is how that conversation went. If I could wave a magic wand right now and give you everything that you think that you want as a church, what would be the top three things that you'd like to do? This is what they said. We need a website because the website we have is not working. And it did look horrible. We need a new furnace. We need a new roof. Things they've been working on for years, over 10 years or so. Within the first couple of months, boom, 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 all of those done. Now, they know that I have their best interests at heart. Because I came in asking them, what do you want to do? Then I told them, I said, well, if you want to do it, are you willing to work for it? They said, just like they told God, all these things you said, we shall do. <laughs> but it didn't, they did the best they could. So that's the first thing you have to do is get buy-in. Once you get buy-in, then you can really just do whatever God tells you. You're free at that point to do whatever God asks you to do. Even I even joke about it in my board meetings, and I say, uh, let me say this too. Along with buy-in, every good leader understands, along with buy-in, if it goes great, it's them. If it goes wrong, it's you. Okay? It could be them, but it's you. Take 100% responsibility for it, but give 100% credit for it. So when we got the website up and going, oh, pastor, thank you so much. Oh, you guys did a fantastic job. You came up with these ideas. You had the colors. You know, boom, we work well together, don't we? You see what I'm doing? We work well together, don't we? I'm asking the question. I'm shaking my head. And they're like, yeah, we do. Get the buy-in. Give credit to them when things go well. Take responsibility when things don't go well. When things didn't go well, it was me. Guys, my bad, my mistake. I owned up to it. My bad, my mistake. OK, let's erase the board. Let's try something different. It didn't work. Next thing I did, i see him. hand. So buy in, and when you do that, you, uh, you, you develop credibility. Being vulnerable is something that as a servant leader, that's what we're going to talk about later on, you, you develop that credibility with them. Okay, um, So <clears throat> we got all those three things done. And and it was like such an amazing fashion. They start to see that you really are someone with a vision that God is really working through you. Then I gave them the freedom to talk to God directly. I said, guys, listen, if you don't agree with what I'm saying, just go talk to God about it. He'll tell you. They can argue with me. You can't argue with God. I mean, you can, but you're not going to win. So I just set that stage. I said, "Okay, go talk to God about it. I gave them the the liberty to do that. Um, So in my board meetings now, I'll say stuff like, (laughs) guys, we've been on an amazing journey together. And God has blessed us with this, with this, with this, through this, through this. And I know you guys are just waiting to see what this crazy preacher going to come up with next. And instead of cringing, they chuckle. Why? Because I own it. I own that I am crazy. I'm crazy enough to believe that God is going to be bigger than my problem. And so when I start talking about stuff, never, ever underestimate the power of being excited about what God is giving you. If you're timid with it, it's not going to go over very well. But when you're excited, you got the energy with it, no matter what they've said before, I'm telling you right now, it's like people will latch on to you. And everybody didn't latch on. I I still got some people who are naysayers. But they are the minority now rather than the majority. So get that buy-in, make sure you engage in a fashion where they get the credit, you take the responsibility, make, make sure that, um, that, that you're clearly artic- articulating your vision, clearly. And when it all comes, just always make sure you give God the glory. Yes, sir.
0: So I got kind of a reverse question. How sure. How
1: do we engage leadership or pastors?
0: How do we navigate
1: that backwards? Well, how do you navigate that? Okay. Sometimes, and I don't know your pastor, so but I do know pastors. Sometimes we have an ego issue. Sometimes we have an issue where we want to keep our job. We want to play it safe. We don't want to, you know, we do too much. We may lose our job, and that's it. I, I can't do that. So it could be control. Um, Back in the day, before I was a pastor, I, was, I wasn't an elder or anything. I was just uh, a person in the church just trying to do whatever God wanted me to do. So this pastor comes to me and he said, well, hey, we're getting ready to launch a church over here. So I want you to come and I want you to be one of my elders. I said, well, pastor, I don't have to be an elder. I can just come and do whatever. He said, no, I want you to be an elder. Now, here comes a person to a church plant that already has his core. Nobody knows him. And now he's an elder. That thing was not a good fit at all at first. I had to go through some stuff to get there. and so there, I remember having a conversation with the head elder who's now, who's now a pastor himself. But back then, he gave me the hardest time, man. He gave me the hardest time. And you know what I, I decided to do? Let me make him think it's his idea. By doing that, I would say stuff in question rather than bre- making it as a statement. And then when he thought it was his idea that worked out, it still got done. I didn't get any credit for it, but he looked good. He started coming to me asking me questions. You know, what do you think about this? And so we would talk, we developed that, that rapport there. So that may be a way that you can approach that. So that it's, it's non-threatening um, and, and just make it seem like it's, it's, it's his idea. But at least you get done what you need to get done. And, and, and also with the power of prayer power of prayer. Keep praying about it. Keep keep taking it before the Lord. And um, you know, the Lord has a way of of getting his way done, regardless of who's there. So, yeah. Sure.
0: What advice could you give a church of 10 to 15 people, mature people, and um, you know, just wanting to living in a small community and wanting to grow your church?
1: Wow, I wish you could talk to my mom. My mom and my dad, I grew up in a small church, so I understand. And my mom and my dad are the two people that are are actually keeping that church going. And right now, I think they may have like four members total. You know, and um, they're, they're, no, I'm sorry. Before, they had four members total. But then I came, and I did a meeting for them, and now the church grew. But this is what we did. We took what they had. We actually ran this system. And we had 50 people show up. We had 80 people sign up for the meeting. We had um, 50 people show up for the meeting. And we had 11 people give their hearts to Christ in three days. Their budget was zero. I had to go there on my own dime. They only had a certain amount of time they could do it. But we did a bunch of nurturing online and did it that way. And so when people got to the meeting... They were incentivized by coming to the meeting by we gave away gift cards. We, we did do $25 gift cards. I went to a local restaurant and I said, well, hey, we got these group of people that are going to be coming to this meeting. I want to partner with you. That's, that, that's going to be your key word when you don't have money. I want to partner with you. So what I want to do is uh, put your restaurant on this flyer. That's what I want to do. So everybody, when I'm going to send this flyer out. Everybody's going to see your restaurant. I just want you to sponsor a meal for, for uh, two people. They're like, okay, we can do that. I didn't have. To, I was going to pay for the flyers anyway. So, partnering with that with that person, they start. They allowed me to put flyers in their business. People came there to get flyers as well. And so, the incentive that we that we gave along with the um, with the gift cards was, if you come every night. It's only three nights. You come every night. Uh, You're going to have a chance to win lunch on me. That's how I put it, lunch on me. And so people came, they they were coming for the lunch. They wanted to to eat more than the gift cards. So they wanted to eat. And also we gave gas cards, $25 gas cards, because gas was high at the time. And so people came in. We preached the message about the Bible. We preached the Sabbath, the change of the Sabbath. That's it. Cause first of all, the Bible had. If you don't believe in the Bible, then nothing else really matters. So we did that, and we made an altar call, and people came. And now there's still there's still people who are online. There's still people who are coming to that church. They're still doing Bible studies. And so that's how you infuse. That's how I was able to infuse a small church with no budget. It's just simple. It did cost me. Well, I want to say cost me. But the pastor was able to get like $1,200. And we did like $1,200, uh, $1,000 in um, uh, social media ads, and the other $200 was for uh, all the incentives that we gave out. And um, yeah, it just re energized that church. And um, with no Bible workers, there were no Bible workers there.
0: And the interest came from posts that you put on you know, social media, like a uh, Bible verse or something or the other. Is that the word? the
1: We did six weeks let me write it down <clears throat> here's, here's the formula for free six weeks ahead of time what you want to do is start putting out information like Bible verse or real or something like that every day. Start putting it out every day. And what the algorithm is going to do, the algorithm is going to help you The algorithm knows there's somebody who's looking for what you have. Now here's the key, you have to be very strategic about your target audience. You can't reach everybody, because the algorithm is going to be like, where where am I going to put you? Let me put you over here so nobody can see you, okay? So be very uh, particular and specific about who you want to reach. I knew, once again, who I wanted to reach, my target audience, and that, that part right there was free. I was letting the algorithm do its work, bring people to me. I'm in Portland. They're in Mississippi. But the algorithm was bringing them to me. I don't see where you put in your target audience. All right. I'm, I'm <clears throat> I for that. Okay. I knew that my mom's and dad's church um, was um, a little older. And I knew that they didn't have anybody there to run their technology. So I say, you know what, they're going to need an infusion of young people. A lot of people did not have jobs down there either. So they were dealing with, with financial situations. They were dealing with disjointed families. So I started doing information on faith, finances, and family. Those are my three F's, faith, finances, family. So I started talking to people who were interested in faith. Then I started talking to people who were interested in finances. Then I started talking to people who were interested in, in family. Not all at the same time. I would put something out talking about faith. That could be um, a Bible verse of the day or whatever. Okay, You can do that. Then I targeted the information to that area. I did a 10-mile radius around the church. So everybody within a 10-mile radius was gonna start learning about faith, finances, and family. So that 10-mile radius is what I had to work with, okay? Once again, you, you can't reach everybody at the same time. So, start six weeks before the meeting, I started talking to people about that, putting out free content, free content. So. You can do a Bible verse. You can do uh, a reel, which is once again, uh, a small little clip of a video. It doesn't take, I know people can get fancy with it, but you can take your phone and say, hey guys, I just read this devotional today about blah, blah, blah. We did the reels. We did the videos. We did the uh, post for six, starting at that six week point. All right. so that gave me two, three weeks of good information. So after that, Two to three weeks before the meeting, and two weeks really is your sweet spot because if you do, if you do four weeks or more, people will start to forget about what, what you were supposed to do in the first place. I started talking about an event. I never said what it was. So that two to three weeks prior to the meeting, I started talking about, hey guys, there's something special that's coming to your area. I'm so excited to bring that to you. We've, we, we've, um, we've connected with some partnerships there in the area. It's going to be amazing. Just start talking about that. While I'm still doing the everyday stuff that I was starting at six weeks, now I'm just adding something to it, right? So that's two or three weeks before the meeting. Now we come down to one week before the meeting. We sent out flyers, and one week before the meeting, I said, hey guys, you remember I told you that something special was coming to your area? Guess what? This is it right here. When you get this in your mail, and I was holding it up in the video, when you get this in the mail, this is my invitation to you. This is me sending it to you, and I'm telling you right now, you do not want to miss this event. Make sure you go to the link below now I'm telling them what to do, call to action. Go to the link below, and I made fun, like go whatever platform is on, below, above, whatever, find that link, click on the link, and, then what you'll, and that's gonna tell you exactly how you can find what we're doing. When I got to the city, I started walking around talking to people. Say, hey, did you, get, did you get one of these in the mail? Yeah, I got one. I got one, looking forward to seeing it. My grandmother had passed away, and I ended up going down there the weekend before, for the funeral, before the meeting. And I was asked to speak, to uh, say something at the uh, funeral. And I'm I'm getting my mind right for that and people are in my ear saying, hey, I saw you on Facebook. Hey, I saw you, I I see you doing your thing. We're praying for you. You know, I can't wait, I'm, I'm gonna be there at the event. I'm at a funeral. But people are excited. The only thing I did was create a buzz. Because this is what they wanted. That's all. I started talking to people about what what's important to them. I I sold nothing. I gave away gas cards, twenty-five dollar gas cards. I gave away um, the the lunch on me. That was the biggest thing. It's like twenty bucks. You know, people wanted the lunch on me for some reason. And and the uh, proprietor of the business, they they still are in contact with me today. They still you know are getting press uh, from that too. So. Yeah, it's six weeks in advance, then two to three weeks before. I would say two weeks. That's going to be a sweet spot. Then the week of you, you come out with your flyer and start telling them about the flyers. The thing I love about Sermon View is that they can print your flyers for you and send them out for you. You didn't know that, did you? You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to go to the post office. They can do it. Tell them. They can do all that for you. These are my people. They make me, they make me look good. So so you guys, if you guys can implement this little part right here. You don't have to put all the trinkets and bells and whistles to it. You have to be genuine. You have to be honest because that's what's going to get you above everybody else. Because people will see that you're genuine and you care about what you're saying. And just go, on, go online, get your phone, record a video. Hey, you know, I'm here today and I'll, I just had this devotional. And the Holy Spirit said, boom. And you never know who that's going to resonate with. And once again, it doesn't have to be any one of these. What's going going on in your area? What's happening in your area? What what do you think the people want in your area? What do they need? So do you think perhaps you can find at least hmm, five or six Bible verses that talk about finances that could help them? Okay. So your assignment then, if you feel like the uh, Mission Impossible, your assignment, if you choose to accept it, is to find those Bible verses, unpack a part of that Bible verse in your own way. You don't have to be a professional speaker. In your own way, say what the Spirit of God is teaching you and watch people join you on your journey. They're going to join you on your journey. And when you do that, you want to put locate. There's, there's a place for location. Put your city's location there. And people in that area will be able to uh, come and see what you're talking about. Use the hashtag finances or use the hashtag God did it. Use a hashtag that's going to... Um, uh, um, move people to uh, um, to come to see what you're talking about. And the algorithm is so amazing, it's really going to put your content in front of people that are already looking for it. The challenge is we try to do too much. That's the challenge. We try to do way too much. We try to give everything. And the algorithm like, no, 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 give me a little bit of peace here and there. So, alright, here's, here's another question. Make sure everybody's still awake. What's the best way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. There you go. The same thing is with this. One bite at a time. One step at a time. Don't give them everything. There's some people who are opposed to church. There's some people who are opposed to, so, uh, to uh, Jesus only because they've had a bad rap with church. They've had a bad representation of Jesus. So what you want to do is meet them where they are and then build that bridge to where you know they need to be. And that's with Jesus. It's going to be a lot easier for them to accept that concept of Jesus or accept that concept of love when we first show that, show that love. What's the um, Ministry of Healing, page 143? What's the first thing that we're supposed to do that she talks about uh, when it comes to Christ's methods alone? What's the first thing? Right. Mingle. Mingle. Right? We cannot mingle in our churches. Can't do it. You can't meet new people sitting in your pew, but you can meet them online. You can do that. If you're shy like me, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. They don't believe that I'm the shyest person in here still. I really am. I really am. So that's what you do. You want to make sure you go out there. You want to mingle with the people. Then the next step, what you want to do, what's, what's the next step? She's like, what did she say next? Desire
0: their good.
1: Now, what, what would that look like? After you mingle with them, what, would the, what does that look like? You want to desire their good. Unconditional caring. Unconditional caring. What you want to do is at this point, once you start, once you mingle with them, now you're ministering to them. You're meeting the need. Mingle is just simply step one. We talked about it earlier. Step one was find out what they need, Right. Step two was give them what they need. So, step one, mingle. Step two, minister. What's the next thing that she said do? After, after you desire their good, what else do you do? Comment. Well, there's a step in between there. There's a step in between there. It has to do with mentoring. It has to do with mentoring. After, after, after you start ministering to a person, you, you, show, you show them that you desire their good. At this particular point, what you start doing is mentoring them. And what I mean by that, you come alongside that person and do life with them. Then he bade them to come to me. Then you uh, give them the message. Then you say, come unto Jesus. Okay. So, But we want to go straight to the Jesus part. But you gotta mingle with them first. You gotta you gotta mingle with folks. You gotta get to know people. So um first thing is that they're they're mingling together, that's a good thing. So what you gotta do is now uh move them to an outreach. And it may take some creativity in doing that. Um does your city have something like um a bowling league or a uh, baseball league or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So perhaps we may want to start there. Find out something that they're interested in doing together uh-huh. and make it a team effort that you're putting them in a social setting. And that way, they can start letting their little light shine yeah. outside of the church. But they're, they're having fun doing, the, doing what they like to do. So say, for instance, um, we're just now getting youth and young adults into our church because we didn't have that at all. So now that we have those, we had to decide, OK, what, what's our next step? What are we going to do? And so we have this event that's happening in, um, in uh, Tacoma, Washington. And these are people who are brand new to the church, right? And there are some who, are, who actually um, have been to church, but they left the church, but they're now coming back. So I had to figure out a way to motivate them to attend this event. So that means I had to reach in my pocket, and say, well, hey guys, I really want you guys to come to this event and I'm going to help out with gas money. And I also say, well, you know, those of you who have challenges, I said, how many people have challenges with, with your cars? And they raise their hand and say, let me know how many people, maybe we'll get a bus, maybe we'll get a van. I had to get them excited about doing something outside. So come up with a few ideas uh, how they can operate in social settings, maybe once again. Uh, doing a bowling league or uh, a baseball league, whatever it is that they like to do, find out what they like to do. Don't make it your idea. It has to be their idea and then put them in a social setting as a team. Next thing you want to do, um, host your own events at your church. Host events at your church that allows them the opportunity to be involved. Now when you host the event, make sure that uh, that the young adults are leading out in the event. Okay. So that means that you may have one of them speak. You may have uh, one of them um, uh, be the the greeter or whatever it is that particular day. But you get them involved with that that particular service. A youth day or a young adult day, something of that nature there. So they can invite their family and friends to see what they're doing. Any other questions? So what I'll do when you guys uh, get your landing pages and your events through Sermon View, I'm going to send them my... um, my formula that I use for um, my my um, my reels, and you can develop your own content from that. I'm gonna give that to you for free. Okay, so you can contact them, and uh, they'll be more than happy to give it to you. Uh, and basically, what it does is shows you how to develop your, your um, content step by step with your reel. You'll have an introduction. What do you say? What do you say? That's a captivating hook. What was that being? you got to be able to, once again, people are, 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 are scrolling. And so what you want to be able to do is to stop the scroll. What headline can you use? What are you going to be able to hook that individual into your world? So I'm going to show you how to do that with the hook. I'm going to t- show you how to tell your story. And I'm going to show you how to extend an offer, that the, that the, what I call an irresistible offer. It's like when I know that I'm giving a call, I know somebody's going to get up. I already know it. Why? Because I trust the Holy Spirit. And I trust the process that he's given me. So yeah, I'll give that to, um, I'll send it over to you guys. So when they get their landing pages and stuff, they'll already know how to start. So you're, you already know to start six weeks in advance. You can start eight weeks if you want, but six weeks is good. And it does not require a Bible worker, does not require a huge budget. Once again, we did this in a small town called Belzoni, Mississippi, which is a very small town. And we did it in three days, three-day meeting. We had eighty people sign up uh, fifty people show up, eleven people give their hearts to christ not a bad not a bad day for twelve hundred dollars not a bad day, right well once again today before we started, I showed you guys the numbers. I showed you the Bible studies that we have. I showed you the visitors that we have because once again, I wanted to show you that this what we do what we do it works, and I wanted to do it in my hometown because I didn't want size of the church to be the issue. So if if we could do it with four people in the church, I'm sure you guys could do it wherever you are, too. My mom and dad, they're they're, um, senior saints. They're seasoned saints as well. And they they don't have a clue about how to work a computer at all. And so these are simple steps you can do to get it done. Yeah. And these great people here, they're willing to help you every step of the way.
0: As I've mentioned in previous episodes, one of the things we did at the Propel Conference was the practice of reflection. Don't just take in this fire hose of information. Stop for a moment and think about how this could be applied to your ministry. At the Propel Conference, we even offered some reflection questions for you to consider. So right now, I'd like you to pause and reflect on what you heard in this episode. What was the big idea for you? How will you apply this in your ministry context? And when this episode finishes in another minute or so, I encourage you to pause for five or 10 minutes and just let your mind wander. This reflection time can be really powerful. Okay, that's it for this episode. Special thanks to Dr. Roscoe Shield Jr. for speaking at this year's Propel Conference. This has been the Propel Podcast, inspiration and training to grow your church. The Propel podcast is sponsored by the North Pacific Union Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and is produced by the crew at Sermon View Evangelism Marketing. I'm Larry Witzel, wishing you God's richest blessing in your evangelistic journey. Please join us again next time for another episode of The Propel Podcast.